record what we're saying here. Suzanne and her husband run a ministry called Step Out in Faith out of Oxfordshire in the UK. Who's ever been to Oxford? UK, any, who's ever been to England? England? Been to England? Well, uh, Oxford is a place that's well known because there's a university there. And uh, Suzanne lives about half an hour west of Oxford and they run a worldwide ministry called Step Out in Faith. And part of that ministry is free evangelist Bible colleges in countries like Africa, India, Pakistan, as well as ministry out there. They run a riding school ranch. They have ministry at the ranch as well. And Suzanne speaks and has spoken pretty much all over the world. Suzanne also has a... Um, a telephone ministry into Sierra Leone. There's a revival taking place in Sierra Leone. Suzanne rings from wherever she is to the radio station and it's broadcast and lots of people being saved and healed and I'm not sure whether Suzanne will tell you about taking authority over Ebola. Who knows what Ebola yeah. Ebola in the whole region and gone. Um, Suzanne has been I met, I met Suzanne in Uganda in 2008. We're at a at a conference together and uh, Suzanne's been coming here. She missed last year but she's been coming since I think 2009 so she's almost got the, the lingo down. <laughs> Cobber mate, no, she's uh, um, <laughs> knows her way around, ministered in a lot of meetings, a lot of churches, a lot of homes and lots of people have been blessed, lots of people have been healed and uh, which, is, which is wonderful isn't it? Mm. And her husband Wilfred, well He's at home running England while Suzanne's over here. Ah, Normally it takes two of them to run England, but um, the Queen helps out occasionally. But that's, um, ah. you know, and it's usually, we know, don't we, running countries is usually despite the government that's in there, but it's good that England has come out of the European Union through Brexit and a new, new Prime Minister who's a Christian. And um, with that, it's our privilege to invite Suzanne to come and minister. Why don't we give the Lord a great hand for Suzanne today? Lord, we just come to you. Lord, we just invite your Holy Spirit to come and take control of this meeting everything that you want me to say. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. In 2011, we travelled back from New Zealand by here. <laughs> My husband was with us at that time and uh, some of you may have met him. And we went back to England, and while we were away, the people at home decided to give us a nice surprise, which to me was not a very nice surprise, because they had taken down the altar in our prayer room and thrown the big basket of all the prayer letters from various of our uh, people that sent it in. I used to always keep the, and I still do, keep the prayer letters for healing in a big basket, um, which is now before the cross in the prayer room. 
and um, as they healed, they gave from the basket into the filing cabinets with their testimonies. I've got two uh, drawers full of healings, but I still have a basket with some names in it. And some people send photographs of people I have to pray for. And on a Tuesday night, we try and remember to always pray for the basket of prayer. Otherwise, we pray for it as we are led because you, you can't do it all the time. <laughs> anyway, they show me this room, and I went into prayer. I said, Lord God, they've thrown away all the names of all our partners who have written in for prayer. The Lord said, don't worry. I have every name on my heart. They only threw the papers away. And I said, and what about the, the altar? The Lord said, don't worry about that either. Build me a prayer tabernacle after the pattern I gave Moses in the wilderness. Well, here it says in Exodus 25, verse 8, Let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. According to all that I will show you, after the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all the instruments thereof, even so shall you make it. And we all know the enormous detail the Lord went to over several chapters about the significance of every single item in that tabernacle all pointing to Jesus who would one day become the eternal sacrifice for all peoples past, present and future well you can imagine me Lord and the Lord says I will show you how same as he did with Moses although it is a very poor poor replica of the real thing instead of golden walls it's gold spray paint, golden furniture, gold spray paint or bronze spray paint and instead of beautiful woven thick curtains, they're painted curtains, they have a whole family painting angels and against the, um, the red and blue backgrounds and it really takes a person out of one sort of into a new dimension. I mean people go into ooh they did expect to see a solid gold room with all these gold furniture in and then going in the uh, Holy of Holies, these big, big angels right to the ceiling. Uh, an angel here with the uh, wings outstretched above and then in the middle and then in the same and then curtains down the sides, all with angels. And then I've got angels with the wings touching each other over the ceiling. So, it's uh, actually quite beautiful. And then the outer court is with a white curtaining to talk about righteousness. So there are three areas. The outer court that deals with the sin and the flesh. The golden room that deals with the soul. And the holy of holies that deals with the spirit. We are body soul and 
spirit and in worship we have to worship with all three many people don't realize that it's all three so obviously we start with the outer court where I've got the Ten Commandments written up I've got the, the brass bucket and the laver where each person has to wash each other's feet <coughs> it represents the word of God where we are cleansed through the reading and in the Old Testament a person was not allowed without washing their feet without the penalty of death <coughs> how strict they were <coughs> very very important to wash ourselves with the word of God because the Bible trains us in all truth and righteousness so the first two levels of prayer is repentance and thanksgiving repentance not just saying sorry and doing the same sin again repentance in the Oxford dictionary says radical turnaround turning totally around from that sin saying no to that sin and yes to God no to the devil and yes to God that's the flesh now directed to worship God cleansed and forgiven with no blockages of sin not even the smallest dust of sin in a way people are unconscious of their feet getting, getting dirty but the dust of feet need to be washed off through the repentance prayer you'll be washing off the dust of sin you probably don't know what we've done wrong but I repent even if I'm not conscious of anything in case I've had a bad thought or something we're then ready to go through the curtain into the next room which represents the resurrection of Jesus from the dead Jesus rising from the dead on the third day and there are three pieces of furniture in the golden room it's all golden as well and I have little cream pages with Roman script on it in gold on the steps where people can go themselves through the tabernacle it sometimes takes a whole day to get through sometimes they have to come back again if they get stuck in one part of it but the minimum I would say is three hours to do justice because there's a lot of the area of the soul in order to get right in our approach to prayer on the right side is a table of showbread on the left side is a candlestick and menorah and right in front is a table of incense 
one needs to start first with a table of showbread because that represents the will. In the soul there are three areas, the will, the mind and intellect and the emotions. There are six loaves of bread on one side, six loaves of bread on the other side. Around the bread are two crowns, that is a crown of wood around there. That is how important our will is to God. Now the bread is in the face of God day and night. Why does God choose bread? To make bread, you first have to grind it very fine. Is our will ground into the will of God? Or are we fighting against God wanting to do what we want to do? Sometimes it's not easy being ground fine. But we need to allow God to grind our will into his will. Then it has to be molded. Yielding our will to be molded into the will of God. Then comes the testing. Do you really mean it? Testing. You put bread in the fire to bake it. And you cannot bake bread until it has been ground fine and moulded. Otherwise it won't rise, it won't do anything. So you've got to do those two things first and then fire it. So we've got to be ground and moulded in the will of God and then we're put in the fire, we've put to the test. And sometimes we are wanting to do God's will but the flesh does not want to especially going to Pakistan just after that cartoon. Remember that cartoon and all the rioting? And I am going to Pakistan on that day. I wanted to get on the next bus back to Oxford. I did not want to get on that plane. I went three times to the end of the line. My I was being tested. I said, Lord, I can't go unless I get a Rima word from you. I'm too terrified to get on the plane, Lord. I am a white Christian woman going to Pakistan. And everybody says if I go to Pakistan, I won't get back home alive. Third time at the back of the line. I'm now, now the last person now to put my cases through to get on that plane. <laughs> <laughs> and the Lord waits until the last man before me goes to put his case through. And then he says, It's Carmel's time. I have called you and I will not forsake you. Oh, I'll put the case through like I was going on holiday. Every fear had gone and I got on that plane. <laughs> It was a most amazing trip. 
some of the things that happened and I did get scary part I had to preach in a main street one of the main streets in Lahore because I wouldn't pay the money for a hall and now they're all uh, all these people are gathered with chairs on this cut off area of road in public and all the Muslims are coming out of their shops to listen to it as well and are giving the gospel message it takes a little courage <laughs> anyway it went fine and I go back to the pastor's house and the Lord wakes me up at 4.30 or 5 in the morning it was still dark anyway and the Lord says to me in a way he's never ever spoken to me before he says you preach the gospel in Lahore now get out <laughs> right I go downstairs the pastor is already up I said uh, the Lord has just told me to get out of Lahore is any chance you can replace me by another speaker for the rest of the crusade he says well um, I'm quite sure he did have you seen the news they are burning down all the churches this morning and the Prime Minister from England is on his plane to come and speak to the President today you'll need to leave before light get in your car now and get out the quickest way out of Lahore otherwise you won't get out they are cutting off all the roads and all the army trucks are coming in we drive out the quickest way we drive right round the outskirts of Lahore and there is Pastor Shackle Shaquille running oh he brings it out of Lahore <laughs> we let him in the car and we turn to go back to Port Harcourt where I had spoken previously that's another story I've already shared that one and we're going out and there's this uh, Muslim standing up on the donkey trotting out of Lahore the donkey talking at Boston the cat, and he's standing with Lahore shaking the reins with one hand and talking on the mobile phone with the other <laughs> I said I know what do you say I made it out of Lahore <laughs> <laughs> we go back to Port Harcourt and uh, I'm staying there I've got to be all covered up with all this garb and I have my fingernails and my toenails painted for the first time in my life by four different ladies I've got to look like one of them <laughs> fine we had already preached in the villages before and um, in the one church where I had preached this uh, man, a Muslim just happened to be walking in front of the church and at the name of Jesus he was instantly healed of a disease of eight years he came storming into the church we all cringed with horror who is this Jesus? I want to know this Jesus we were all shaking and we say why? this Jesus has just healed me of this disease how do I become a Christian? 
families and to the Lord. That turned to rejoicing. That was fine. But the word went out. And here we are now. We've got uh, another couple of weeks. And I've had to cancel everything in Lahore because the Lord told me to get out. You have to obey. Well, all these villagers phoned up and said, Look, we're not interested in marching. We have to pay for all the damage we make. All we're interested in is a kite festival and preparing our kites for the kite festival. Will you come and preach in our village? Will you come and visit, preach in my village? We had so many invitations to villages to know about Jesus with the way the word went out before we went to do the main crusade in Lahore that uh, we did one crusade in the morning one crusade in the morning afternoon and one crusade in the evening so I had three meetings a day we saw the power of God at one particular meeting with all these beautiful blanket things uh, that they shelter you on the roof it's really bright in the village I preached a gospel message I started praying for the sick and people started getting healed and everybody leaves I thought oh well they've just got home no worry I'll carry on praying for the last few then the next thing they come back with all their friends and near the whole village come back and I have to repeat the whole message again for all the new people and then we have to pray again for all the new people it was fantastic and on the last night, we were preaching in a town. Uh, now I've been uh, only preaching in villages. That's quite easy. It's not so easy to be caught in the villages. And I'm dressed up like one of them in the car, very low profile in the back seat. But this last night, we walked past the mosque. Seven o'clock, start of the mosque. There's only three pairs of shoes outside. I walk down this narrow alleyway and I have seven garlands of sopping wet red roses thrown round my neck. Come up to the church and half the street is full of shoes. Church is packed and there's a burnt Bible on the steps of that church. So I'm looking at the burnt Bible, I'm looking at all these shoes the empty synagogue, uh, not synagogue, mosque. I thought, oh dear, this is interesting. I walk into the packed church, sit down. I'm getting drenched with all these heavy roses. If you don't know how heavy a drenching roses are. <laughs> and really, I want to get them off my neck. I thought, what, Lord, what do I do with these roses? They don't belong on me. They don't fit. <laughs> and I looked around and I saw a big red cross in front of the church, full of hooks. Aha, I know what to do now. I go up to the lectern. And I said, I want to thank you for this wonderful welcome. But there's only per one person welcome. Only one person that deserves a welcome like this. I went up to the cross and I took off the garlands and I put them 
all over the cross, went up to the front and said, Now let's welcome Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. And the Lord says, Now give the gospel message in present tense. That's the first time I had done that. And people listened. And at the end of the repentance prayer, they all knelt to receive Jesus as Lord and <coughs> Saviour. Most of the Muslims from the local mosque, including the guards with their guns on their backs, they also knelt and received Jesus as Lord and Saviour. We then prayed for the sick, saw some wonderful healings, and we rushed straight from there to the airport, which is just as well because, boy, they would have been on my heels after that. <laughs> it was a fantastic, fantastic trip. And the imam? I wasn't, hmm? And the imam? Sorry? The imam. The imam. In the mosque. The head of the mosque goes there. The imam, yeah. Well, the imam didn't come. He's oh, still okay. in the mosque still waiting for his people to come. But nobody came. All his people were at the church. So you can imagine he'd be chasing me. <laughs> so I... Where was the burnt Bible? At the church? At the church. On the church steps. So do you know why it was there? They burn Bibles as a warning, you dare preach here. Yeah. But we did preach there. So that's just why I took note of the burnt Bible. We just left it there, we didn't do anything. But whoever did that was their job, not mine. I leave alone what I don't know about. Care to do something wrong. But serving God always entails a sacrifice or inconvenience or both but there's always always a blessing as we walk through our fears our difficulties our sacrifices our inconveniences this is a fire the fire is our inconveniences our challenges, our sacrifices, that's a fire. And then you come out of made bread and you put on the altar. Six left this side, six left there, that side, not five here and seven there. Discipline. We need to serve God with our will, yielded to Him in discipline. And then He puts on top of the loaf incense. We need to watch and pray. We need to guard our lives in Christ. The double crown. Until we can truthfully say, it's not what I want, it's what you want. And if we really love God, we'll want what he wants. A wife that marries a husband generally ends up wanting what he wants. There's unity. It's the same with God. You need to want what he wants. 
with a yielded will, we can now go to the candlestick. Our mind and our intellect. You know, sometimes God tells us things that do not make sense. We think we know better. No. We've got to obey. We like the nice scriptures. We sometimes keep away from the scriptures we don't like. The whole Bible has something to say to us. The warnings as well as the blessings. It's in balance. We need to allow God to renew our minds until we agree with every sentence in this Bible because behind every sentence of this Bible is the power of heaven. Amen. We need to obey him whether we think it's right or not. And the Lord has told me to do some rather interesting things. But as I've obeyed him, I've seen enormous blessings. Wilfred and I put nothing away for our retirement. But you know something? God looked after it. He told us what to do with our money, where to put it. He told us where to buy a property. He told us when to sell it. He told us what to buy. He, we now have a income coming in every month for our retirement. Wow. Simply through obedience buy land in New Zealand when I live in England? I don't think so. Well, if God says so, I do it. Got it really, really cheap in 2008. $2 to the pound. I could buy 10 acres with less than £30,000. And then we built a house for less than 30,000. That's 60,000 right. that we put over into New Zealand. We bought land, we bought a house. Then we thought, well, he must be calling us then. We go over to New Zealand, thinking that we're immigrating there. Because the Lord told us to buy land and build a house. So we go there and the Lord says, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? Uh -huh, you got it. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Didn't you call us? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> but you did tell us to buy land, yes. Yeah, you bring a business. You did tell us to build a house, yes. Yes, yes, But not to live here, no. No, of course. Not yet. Go home. So we closed down a little wagon school we started. We sold all our horses the next day. A whole lot in one day. The funny day is the earthquake. Aha, very good. <laughs> I rent our house really easy. Yeah. <laughs> Fly home, carry on here. And then two years ago, the Lord says, now, sell the land. Yeah. Okay. Put on the market. Next thing. £181,000 comes into my bank account in England. I put over 60, I got back 181,000. The Lord then directs us to buy an old run-down cottage that hadn't been lived in for many years. 
my husband and I work hard and we do it up and with the rest of the money we buy a shop little puzzles to buy a shop what am I supposed to do with a shop last time it was open was in 1985 so you can imagine the condition of it yeah, sanding walls and doing wallpapers and taking all the funny stuff off the ceiling and sanding the ceiling and repainting the ceiling with the roller and Lord, I must have heard you wrong here. See, <laughs> run a shop. I'm not a shop person. See what I shall do. Okay, Lord, I'll carry on, carry on. Next day, knock on the door. As I'm going to the door, the Lord says, See what I have done. I go to the door. Oh, Charlie, I haven't seen you for seven years. You were the one in the wheelchair when David Hathaway and I prayed for you. He says, yes. And the Lord sent me here. I don't know why. I said, well, actually, um, I've been looking for someone to run the shop. He says, well, let's have a look. He looks around. He prays about it. And the Lord says, I've given you a, a ministry for some years ago now. You put these beautiful verses to beautiful pictures. Go around, take beautiful pictures around Lina Sustenyok. It's all in the Snowdonia National Park. And put your verses and stick them in the window. So he did that. And he changed the verses every week. Well, the town people said, my gosh, there's something strange happening in this town. This shop has been closed since 1985 when it was a jewellery shop. And now there's all these verses. And they were intrigued and came and read the verses. Every week they came and read all the new verses. Well, all with the relationship. Uh, and then he opened the popping shop. He's discipling at the moment 54 unbelievers. When I last spoke to him, he had already brought 19 of them to the Lord. And they pop in for a cup of coffee, nothing for sale. He gives out miniatures of his verses in the windows, free of charge. And he's leading the town back to Christ. And we are running a coid as a holiday let and we are getting in our retirement that's what God does not what I think but what you'll think because your ways are higher than our ways your thoughts higher than ours but when you thought about the mind and then the intellect we come to the table of incense there you've got your frankincense and myrrh and spices burning giving this beautiful white pillar of smoke that comes up representing worship praise adoration and worship it speaks about our emotions God wants to be loved passionately by us yeah. in the same way he loves us passionately well, and we are in control of our emotions we can't let our emotions go up and down like the waves of the sea 
I don't feel like praying anymore. I prayed here a whole hour. I haven't even got into the presence of God yet. I have got this and this and this to do. God, to raise our hands in the sacrifice of praise, adoration, and worship, which lifts us up to the highest real. And when we do that, it's not what I feel, but what you feel. Not what I want, but what you want at the showbread. Not what I think, but what you think at the candlestick. Not what I feel, but what you feel. This is pushing through your sacrifice of praise and worship that prepares you to go into the spirit realm through the veil. Now the priest was only allowed into the Holy of Holies once a year with cold from the brazen altar and some this from the incense from the golden altar and go in with a bit of rope tied around his ankle in case he died there so they could pull him out but the moment Jesus died on the cross that curtain was torn from top to bottom allowing all of us to go in and as incense always went before us into the holy of holies our sacrifice of praise, adoration and worship takes us in to the spiritual realm. Those curtains representing Jesus' ascension to heaven, the spiritual realm takes us right up into the throne room of heaven. Where true worship in the spirit really begins. Mm-hmm. Now, in the Holy of Holies, there's only one piece of was only one piece of furniture, the Ark of the Covenant. And above it were the two cherubims, with wings outstretched one towards the other, representing worship fellowship and revelation and these are extremely important areas of prayer because how do you obey God unless you've heard God and how do you hear God unless you come into this area of worship and how can you hear God unless you enter in through the sacrifice of praise, adoration and worship? And how can you get into praise, adoration and worship unless you have gone through repentance and thanksgiving? So this is God's pattern of prayer. Repentance, thanksgiving, praise, adoration, worship in the soul area total yielding of your body and your soul will 
mind and intellect and emotions, you are now ready to enter in the spiritual realm, the lost area of you. This is where worship now becomes enjoyable, where you enter into his love that passes all understanding and his peace, his love enfolds you. Resting in his presence, enjoying his presence, until your rushed mind is so settled and calm that you can hear his still, small voice, and you enter fellowship. I never come in with a list of requests, because God is not my servant. In fact, I don't ask him that much, because he knows everything anything. anyway. I will discuss the issues I'm battling with at the moment. Things I can't do. Back at Oakwood, my daughter and her husband went to stay a few days, said, Mum, there's a leak. It's running down the wall right through the light into the kitchen. What do I do? I can't find a plumber anywhere in town to come and fix the leak. So I said, Lord, um, we've got a leak at Ercoid. Uh, what do you want us to do about it? How must I handle this from Australia? says, tell your daughter to unscrew the four screws at the door under the little bath and shine in with a torch and she will find where the leak is coming from and she'll be able to fix it. So I email her in the middle of the night to do this job. I said, I think it must be under the plug hole or something, I told her. But going with a torch, there's one on each floor, one of the safety torches, and I believe you'll see where the leak's coming from. So my daughter did this. She emails me back. She says, Mum, I found the leak. The white, the, you know, the rubber sealer has come off on the side of the bath under the shower and when my husband showers the water is running straight down the towel walls down the side of the bath through to the kitchen she says so mum I've screwed it up because the plumbing's all okay and I put some glue along there um, if you can just get uh, the cleaner lady or something to reseal it Thank you, Wilfred, uh, Rebecca. You've done a good job. Thank you, Lord. You've sorted out the problem. So easy. So it's been sorted. Now, I've done that more than once. Because God is interested in the smallest things in our lives as well as the big. The thing is, we have another three, get lots of guests coming before I get home, and I can't, we can't have water running down the light. <laughs> So the Lord helped me with that one. Because the Lord is omnipresent, He knows all things, He actually likes us to ask Him 
for help here and there. That is how intricately the Lord is interested in our lives. How much more should we be absolutely to detail in obedience to him? Because in the area of fellowship, he also teaches us in the Bible. And we need to really be serious in waiting on God. Even as Psalm 130 verses 5 and 6 says, I wait for the Lord, my soul doth wait, and in his word do I hope. My soul waiteth for the Lord more than they that watch for the morning. I say more than they that watch for the morning. That is the depth of the psalmist David waiting on God in this area of fellowship. Because from fellowship one enters revelation when the Father speaks. Where he tells me where the leak is. In the cottage. Where he tells me what to speak. Where he tells me what to write in my books. Where he tells me what to do next in the ministry. I never know where we're going. But God always does far more than I can ever think or imagine. If it had been left to me, I wouldn't be here. The ministry would have been so tiny. But when we do it God's way, Lord, what do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? How do you want me to do it? He does more. Open up Bible schools. Me, 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 open up a Bible school. I don't think so. Uh, If I look at me, I think I am the least person I would choose. But God said, do it. Yes, Lord. What people say. And I did it. That was many Bible schools ago. Now he's telling us to turn our ranch into a Bible school in England. For the Western people. Uh, that's not easy, treading through that one. But God says, I must do it it will be done and it will be successful because it's God that will do it David asked him with such an encouragement this morning I said, how can I run a Bible school I'm not academic and David says but you've got years of experience on the field oh, that was such a such a help you know that was such an encouragement so thank you it gave me balance. Yes, if God says I can do it, then we can do it. And also, I've got a team that is going to get around me for the first time, so I won't be the only lecturer. I'll get the, give the academic ones to someone more academic. Well, I mean, I'm in Oxford. Oxford is the heart of the colleges and universities. Very intellectual. And I'm a farm girl. <laughs> You may think you are unlikely candidates for God, 
but God has a different idea of what you can do and what he can do in and through your life. And the key is prayer. Because, yes, when you come out of the area of prayer, having heard God's voice, and you know you've been in the presence of God. All we then have to do is obey him exactly as he has told you. And as you obey God, God will confirm what he has told you to do with his signs and wonders and success following. It is impossible to fail God. Totally impossible to fail God if you have obeyed him. You know, I'd like to end up with a wonderful promise. What do you say? Have I gone over time? John 18, uh, 17, verse 20. Neither do I pray for these alone, but for them also that shall believe on me through their word that's us mm -hmm. that they may be one as thou the father are in me and I in in thee that they may also be one in us that the world might believe that you have sent me the more we live in Christ in prayer the more Jesus can live in and through our lives Then if we go down to 24, And I will that they also that you have given me be with me where I am, and may behold my glory which you've given me, for thou lovest me before the foundations of the world. What promise is that? That's eternal life being offered. O righteous Father, the world have not known thee, but I have known thee, and these have known that you have sent me. And I have declared unto them thy name, and will declare it. And the love with which you loved me may be in them, and I in them. The love of God. Well, the Lord took me through the tabernacle again. He says, you know now the pattern of prayer and how to come into prayer. Meet with me and obey me. But now I want to you to live it out in every area of your life. So that prayer in the early hours of the morning is prayer alone with God. And the work here is prayer in action. A living prayer in all you do for Jesus. And then he says, I want to take you through a third time says you're learning to live your life in prayer but I want to teach you another level 
I don't want you to do one thing, my child, except out of my heart of love. Which ties in with a last verse I just read to you from John. His love being in us. We have little love of our own to give. Mm -hmm. But when we live out of God's love, you're able to hug the beggar. Amen. You're able to go the second mile without even thinking about it. Hallelujah. Because there's three levels of righteousness. Level one is stop doing wrong and do what's right. The second level of righteousness is go the second mile in righteousness. Do more. And the third level of righteousness, do it out of God's love that you don't even see the cost because it's natural for you to love. And when we learn to do that, we'll be learning to walk like Jesus walked. Everything that Jesus did was out of the Father's love. Everything that we can do can be out of the love of Jesus. For his love will be growing bigger and bigger in us as we spend more and more glorious times in his presence, learning from him. Who would like to meet God at this dimension? Let me just say a prayer. Lord Jesus, we just thank you for the pattern of worship that the tabernacle gives to each one of us. Lord, help us to follow it. Lord, help us to learn to live in your love that your love can live in us and that we will be able to give to this world what's so needed through the unique ministries that you give each one of us the ministry of intercessory prayer the ministry of witnessing to the people around us the ministry of caring for others Maybe visiting sick, maybe the prisons, maybe the old age homes, maybe the poor, maybe on the streets. Lord, one day we're going to stand before you. You're going to ask us, what have you done for me while on earth? Help us to be able to say, Lord, I've given my utmost for your highest. Can we say that? Lord, if we can't say it, help us to live it. Because you love us so much. And you are the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. You're such a great God. Teach us how to pray as we should. Help us to spend the time we should at your feet. And help us, Lord, to step out to those around us. With your love.
Thank you, Jesus. Amen.